1: Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month
0: to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> now my watch is broken, too. <laughs> With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. <laughs> no, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. <laughs> a new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give up a show. Tonight, 8, 7 Central, on CBS.
1: Sports Radio FMZ, big night in the NBA for the Charlotte Hornets. I got a tingling. I got a tingling that we'll talk about <laughs> in just a moment here. Uh, but breaking Panthers news, Josh, are you ready for this bit of news? I don't know that you're ready for this bit of news. Whenever you say that, I know it's nothing important. Well, oh, one, <laughs> how dare you? Two, you're also not wrong. Right. Three, be prepared for either Kickergate Part 2 or... Or puntergate one, as the Panthers have claimed uh, Kare Vedvik, a punter and kicker, off waivers of the Bills. That's right. We got another kicking specialist in camp, y'all. That's the guy who got traded, isn't it? For a fifth-round pick last year by Baltimore, yeah. Didn't they they flip that
0: for... um uh, Marcus Peters, yep, right? So, so okay, so maybe the
1: Panthers will get uh, <laughs> another <laughs> maybe fifth they'll round. Stephon pick? Gilmore in yeah. six months. Jalen Ramsey could be available I for a fifth round pick. Guy. I that don't know. That guy sucks. But, yeah. he, he brought up Brink's trucks to yeah, practice. I don't keep st-
0: Jalen Ramsey as far away from Carolina right, wait, as possible. Wait,
1: wait. Aren't you the guy that says uh, Lavar Ball and Lamelo Ball being the number one pick by the Hornets would be good for us? You don't think Jalen Ramsey would be good for us?
0: Mmm, Jalen's not on that level. Jalen oh. wants to be on. No, no, Jalen is a wannabe. Jalen Ramsey is a wannabe diva. What has he done? How can you be a
1: wannabe diva?
0: He, Aren't you, you gotta, just a diva or not a diva? Yeah, but you got to be. No, but I'm saying he wa- he wants to be known as this grandiose, look at me showman. And the guys that do that in the league, I back it up. I mean, Chad Otracinco backed it up. To backed it up. Deion Sanders backed it up. Those guys, they did something. Jalen Ramsey, Deion backed it up, but he didn't tackle it. I mean, hold on. (laughs) Deion is one. Deion is probably the best cornerback who ever lived. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, Unless we're talking tackling. I mean, he's, it's not like he's Dante Jackson or anything. I I think he was just
1: fine. But anyway, remember how early in the show I said that five and 11 was the seven and nine? That's not what you said. Of uh, sorry, was eight a, and eight, eight, and eight yeah. of a top you're, ten? You're picks. forgetting your own memorable clothes. That's just how memorable. How many memorable? And again, uh, <laughs> what, five what and was 11, the first one you were going to say? <laughs> five and eleven. Never mind. <laughs> five and eleven is the eight and eight of top ten picks. Well then, Deion Sanders is the Dante Jackson of great cornerbacks. What? Because he couldn't cackle. That's the point. He couldn't cackle. He or, laughs a lot. Nah, he's not a cackler. He's more of a chuckler.
0: Dion, Dion, Barstool Sports own Dion Sanders is. You're calling him the Dante Jackson of cornerbacks? Yes. Uh, no, no, no. Of great cornerbacks, of all time. Great cornerbacks. It
1: today with these analogies, because he just he can't tackle. He could not tackle to save his life. <laughs> well, no, it was more he didn't like to tackle. That was more Dion's problem. We're gonna have to work on these because Dante's bad. Well, no, but he's bad at one thing. He's bad at a lot of things. One of the things he's bad at is what Dion was bad at, but Dion's better at everything else. You put my mind into a pretzel sometimes. I'm okay with that. Also, um. Sorry, I just heard the word pretzel and I got hungry. Also, here's the other thing about Dion. Dion's now with Barstool. Uh, Great job on that. Get paid. We like that. Uh, him commenting on some of the things that Barstool talks about a little bit beyond me. Deion Sanders the other day there were they had a uh, they had an NBA groupie on one of their podcasts and she told a pretty graphic story that I can't even reference. All I will say is there were many acts performed. That's all I oh, can you're tell. Oh, you talking about the, the Instagram model yes. video? That's the
0: fakest yes. video ever. Uh-huh. That thing is so fake.
1: You know you know why that's great? Deion Sanders didn't know that and Deion Sanders threw a little thirst at it. Deion Sanders, the, the, the I, I was uncomfortable reading Deion Sanders comments after that. Hmm. Well, good for Dion. Good for Dion. <laughs> Still can't tackle. But again, kicker gate part two or punter gate part one. Who do you, what is Kari Vedvik mean for, is it Joseph Charlton? Uh, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy, the punter or Sir Joseph Sly. I'm, I'm a big sly guy. Sly
0: is my dude. Hmm. I li- I like Joey. Sly. I I did not think Joey had it in him last year to win the job, but I'm happy for him. Go Hokies. He's a bit- we got him and uh, we got him and Kendall Fuller. We don't even have Camp Chancellor anymore. I got. I'm a big Joey Sly
1: guy. Also in the building center text line, somebody saying Dion tackled when he had to. That's not a that's not a good thing. Well, if you he- have to say he tackled when he had to, well, uh, you're.
0: It is a very weird mountain to die on that. Yeah, this guy was the greatest corner of all time, but occasionally he didn't tackle.
1: That's like a fair point. <laughs> well, I know, but like I, we got guys out here saying LeBron James can't be one of the greatest players ever if he loses in the first round to a great Portland team. And I'm dying on weird hills, sir. Well, one of one of them is actually a valid
0: argument. Yours is just like nitpicking and you're not even like it's not even an opinion. You're just like, oh yeah, he just didn't do this one thing. Like he's the greatest ever.
1: He's I mean, not like the Michael Jordan George- George- He's not the greatest did- corner <laughs> ever. He is the most hyped cornerback ever. He is one of the greatest corners ever. He is not the greatest corner ever. Who is your guy? I don't know. Okay. I'm just saying, Dion is. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not here to have an
0: Un- unknown name is the Deion Sanders of anonymous greatest corners. I'm not how here to that say
1: the Dion. Uh, I'm not here to have the greatest cornerback ever conversation. I'm what? here to tell you it's <laughs> but not but you're, definitively you're who's not the greatest it's corner ever. Correct. That is the conversation <laughs> I, I walked into when Deion Sanders. How, how did Dion? Uh, when Dion Sanders came up on this very show, so Kickergate Part Two uh, with a Panthers team near you. Very soon. Joey Sly is the Joseph Charlton of Panthers kickers. I don't like is it. That, is that, how, is that no. how this works? I, I can't figure like it. it out. <laughs> I don't like it. You'll get it eventually.
0: <laughs> I'm working on it. That's a gold brick, by the way. Hacksaw, you needed another gold brick. That's the one. There we go. 5-11 uh, five, five, five or 8-8 eight and eight, or Dion or mm-hmm. tackling.
1: Dion can't tackle. Yeah, can't be the greatest. Uh, in the meantime, we do have the amazing draft lottery tonight. Josh, I said it earlier. I'm still feeling it. I still got the tingles a little bit. I still, uh, I got what James Borrego's talking about. Make sure you you grab your lucky, uh, you know, if you have some sort of luck charm. I think they're, I, I'm i going to say there it. it is. I feel that they have a top three pick coming their way tonight. You probably haven't been in Charlotte very long. You don't know how this works. This, is, this is the lottery night. This this is, good things don't happen on nights like tonight. This is suddenly, this is like if you went to prom for 20 years and went home alone. Tonight is the night. Tonight's going to be a good Wait night. A minute.
0: So let's, okay, while the music plays, keep it going. Mm-hmm. Did, In your analogy, mm-hmm. a dude goes <laughs> to prom for 20 years. Yeah. And then conceivably
1: at age 38, gets lucky? Yeah, but she's also 38. <laughs> He's now going with teachers. Okay. Let's I mean, make sure we're
0: specific I mean, 38 on Because the 38-year-old going on. to prom let me, let
1: me ask is not legal. Why Why would he be going to prom states. for 20, st- uh, 20 straight years if he wasn't going with a teacher? I ask you. I thought it was self-explanatory. I think the cutoff is 21. You can't go to school after 21. You I think, would know. <laughs> yeah, well, I was 20 when I graduated, but yeah. So I'm just saying, I, I don't think you can go to school after 21. Unless you go with a teacher, <laughs> no, which is exactly... I, yeah, also, teachers don't go... I mean, they go to prom, but they're chaperones. Yeah. They're not. Are they dressed what up? What teacher is I'm, going up, going to prom tonight? Are like, you, that's not how it, are how it works. Are you telling me the teachers who get dressed up and uh, look nice. They 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 look just as nice as we did when we went to prom. You telling me one of them doesn't have a spouse there and doesn't? Um, I don't think Mrs. Applebottom um, is going there. I'm I'm,
0: ba- I'm backing <laughs> myself out of this conversation. Uh, the Hornets draft lottery tonight. Is usually not a night for celebration because since they've come back to Charlotte, uh they've literally never improved their, their odds. But it's
1: happening tonight. The, we got a the feeling lotter-
0: the lottery odds have changed. And and with that, the Hornets, you never know. Last year, Memphis had the eighth best odds in the lottery. And what did they do? Boom, right up to number two, they got John ja Morant. Now, is there a John ja Morant in this draft? Eh, probably not. But at least they could draft second. If they could draft in the top three. I think that would be huge for. I mean, that's that's not even like a bold statement, but that would be huge for the Hornets.
1: Oh, Josh is in. <laughs> yep, Josh, Josh is, is in. in. Josh, would you? Okay, we cannot use Lock City because Mac has ruined that forever. <laughs> but it is my official Wilson and Parcel Nick Wilson prediction. They're getting a top three pick. It can happen. What are you? Are you gonna dial it in similarly? He's ruined everything. Not you, Mac. Uh, yeah, I'm. I I would love to see it. But of
0: all years for it to happen, it has like how Hornets would it be for them to to move up to even number one? Who cares? Top three, number one, whatever. Uh-oh. Let's say they move up, mm. and it's the year where there's no combine, mm-hmm. there's no in-person workouts. Cup check yeah. doesn't need them. There was em. no
1: NCA tournament. Yep, Cup
0: check doesn't need that. Tra-
1: <laughs> I hope he's right. It's the man with, that took PJ with, Washington, with, he had the scones to take PJ Washington last year. I wasn't. What do you mean the scones? He, that, was this, like this the is most, that was
0: the most tepid pick this, ever. This is the man. He took the
1: SEC player of the year. He this, wasn't exactly uh, jumping out and taking Jan Vesely. This is the man who had the intestinal fortitude to look fate in the eye and said, I got Devontae Graham in the second round, Hoss.
0: <laughs> Neither of one of those were bold picks.
1: I... Those were okay. like very Okay,
0: what well, about the March twins? Yeah. That's a bold pick. Yeah. Well, first of all, one of them was undrafted and the other one what was drafted <laughs> I still picked him up. He I still got him. The room is spinning right now. Um <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, Rick Bennell kind of scared me when mm-hmm. he told me that that Cupcheck felt like he could have drafted after the after January basically or when, when when everything shut down. He's like, "Oh, we don't need the combine. We don't need workouts. We don't Now, I, do I think that some scouts can and and GMs can get a little too wrapped up in individual workouts, one-on-one workouts. And uh, I've been at some of these and they're beneficial. I get it, but it's not five on five. It's a, it's agents. A lot of times are scripting these things to make their, their clients look good. So I get it, but I would like to be able to see more famously, you know, Kobe Bryant after an individual workout in front of Jerry West, Jerry basically shut it down and tried to keep Kobe from working out with anyone else because that workout sold him. Uh, That's been a story that's been told for years, but the fact that Kubchak felt like he could have drafted before the NCAA tournament. I don't know that I love that. Uh, It's not necessarily a red flag, but I would love as much information as possible about the guys that I might be drafting, especially number one.
1: Yeah. And I, I just go back to this. Like I I do think the reaction will be, it's not going to be as loud as it would be if there was a Luca or if there was a, uh, you know, a, a truly transcendent level of player where everybody was saying that's going to be a top three, top five pick. But I I don't think that should dissuade people from getting excited about this one, because I do still think having the number one pick is the best possible scenario because then you get to choose the best of the best. It does. It, it might not guarantee. one. The draft is a crapshoot. Nothing is ever guaranteed in the NBA draft. We act like it is. It isn't but it at least guarantees you the crack of the player that you think will be the best player. And here's the other thing. We said it with Rick, or we talked about it with Rick. I also think it opens up a world of possibilities depending on how the chips fall this offseason. I don't mean it automatically means that they're going to be able to make a deal for some great young difference maker, which is what Rick said he would need to make the move. But I do think it at least gives you the option. And I, I like... I, I really want going into this October for this team and into this offseason for the Hornets to have optionality.
0: Yeah, he mentioned Jimmy Butler. I, no. I, J, Jimmy Butler with this team, yeah, it makes him better, but I would so much rather have – because Rick said Jimmy's young. Jimmy's 30. Yeah. J, J, Jimmy's not that young. If Jimmy came into the league older, and – I Rick was spot on with the rest of it, where he talks about, you know, salary cap is a complete unknown at this point. It's going to be lower just how much lower we don't know. And I don't think there's a lot of teams out there really eager to trade a a valuable young player for the opportunity at a number one pick in a week draft with limited uh, options or or limited time to be able to scout these guys. So I think the Hornets are going to keep the pick. They should, Uh, if it's number one,
1: are you feeling a number one pick tonight? Uh, What would your reaction be if the Hornets did get the uh, the number one pick but there's somehow a better scenario. There's a bigger dream to live that's more than just the Hornets getting the number one pick. We'll tell you what that is and talk about that next right here on Wilson and Parcel on Sports Radio FNC. Welcome back to Wilson and Parcell. I'm still Nick. He's still Josh. And we got the rundown coming up in 20 minutes. And uh, we also have to get into what Paul Pierce had to say on LeBron James. Uh, that guy's unbiased. When I think of Paul Pierce, I think of a guy that's unbiased. However, in the meantime, uh, I'm not uh, unbiased on this topic. It, it feels like the only way, Josh, we can counteract a year in which... The Panthers lost Kemba Walker at the start of it, and at the end of that 12-month period, lost Cam Newton. Another reason why I'm I'm really kind of in love with the idea of the uh, Hornets getting the number one pick is I also think there's a decent chance that the Panthers get the number one pick here. It wouldn't offset the losses, but it would at least give some excitement to a, a much beleaguered fan base.
0: Yeah, it, it would, and it would feel like the the perfect culmination of the last two years in Charlotte. I mean, gosh, it's 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 everyone has left. I mean, Cam is is gone, Kemba gone, Luke Keekley, Peppers. I mean, everybody's gone, but Nick Batum's still here. So that's <laughs> bad news all around. If you're a Charlotte fan, getting the number one pick would be a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't even know if it's at the end of the tunnel, light in the middle of the tunnel. Cause that doesn't guarantee you anything. It's funny. I think so. The So the Hornets have, what is it? 6% tonight is mm-hmm. their chances of getting For the, the one. number one. The Panthers have a better chance at the number one pick next year than the Hornets do. Right. I, I would say it's more likely the, the Panthers have a better than 6% chance of having the worst record in the NFL. Hmm. Probably not much worse or, or much better chances, but better than 6%. That's I th- interesting. I haven't thought of it that way. I, w- I think the Panthers have a better chance of getting the number one pick. But yeah, so either way, I think the Hornets fans could use some luck. Th- this is a franchise that some of it has been their own doing. Don't get me wrong, but they had the worst team one of the one of the five worst teams in the last 20 years in the NBA in 2011 and Anthony Davis is right there <laughs> and he goes number 1 to to the team that was owned by the NBA in 2012 who gets the number 1 pick somehow i, I it just every single step of the way this franchise has had bad luck after bad luck. They haven't done anything to help themselves. They've had their own mistakes, but tonight would be, it it would be great. But at the same time, and I'm obviously rooting for them to get a big, uh, a top pick, but I said it a few minutes ago of all the years, this has to be the year, right? This has to be the year. They're going to get it. The number one pick. And it's going to be the year where there was no conference or the no NCA tournament, no NBA combine, no in-person workout. Like everything's gone. And you're just drafting off of tape from the regular season and uh, from New Zealand or Australia or France or Israel. Like, it, it, it This would. This would be the year where the Hornets get that pick, and the year where it is as much of a crapshoot as it's ever been.
1: Yeah, and I. That's why I really like the idea. And this is the. It's tough to picture this because you don't know what the market's going to look like. You don't know uh, how much of an advantage the Hornets might have uh, with the potential salary cap, which is something Rick Benell said with us at four twenty today. And you don't know who's going to be available. Uh, but yeah, I've seen a lot of people float the idea with Golden State of man Golden State they're going to get you know they get the number 1 pick and they have Andrew Wiggins in that contract they're, they're going to be able to get a Ben Simmons they're going to be able to get this guy or this guy I look at the Hornets and say well if you have the number 1 pick and you have that Batum contract I think if I think I would rather have the number 1 pick from Charlotte with the Batum contract which expires in a year if I'm having to move off one of the the better young exciting players. I'm saying I don't think this is the name it, but this name Devin Booker. Then if I had to take on Andrew Wiggins' contract,
0: so I mean I I just look around the league. I don't I don't see an obvious trade that they could make. Like I, I know you you just said that you're not saying Booker, but we kind of got into the Booker thing a week ago the more I watched Booker and the more I kind of think about where Phoenix is, they're not trading him. Certainly not for uh, it, it, the number one pick in a draft like this. Um, I, I just a don't know. Who, I, don't know happened. Who, I don't know. Who, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if the Hornets had the number one pick a year ago, this is a very different conversation. I mean, look at the guys who have gone at the top of the draft in many of the last few years. I mean, you've got some legit early arriving superstars who have been drafted early. Luka Doncic in his second year in the league is a top 10 player. Jason Tatum in his third year in the league is a top 15 player. Uh, you, Trey Young is already an all-star. Uh, you've got uh, Ben Simmons a little bit older. He's, he's been around for since, I guess it's five years now, but Ben Simmons uh, is a top 25 player in the league. Uh, I would argue a little bit better, but some people like to hate on that guy. I still think he's incredible in this game. He just has one thing he can't do. So you, in most years you get a top pick, you're thinking, all right, we, we've got a guy who might change the course of our franchise. I don't know that there's a guy in this draft that can do that. There are, there are plenty of guys who have a lot of potential that there's, there's a lot to like about. You know Killian Hayes, but he's coming out of France and he's a young kid and he has no right hand. Lamelo Ball is an is incredible. Is that cr- or is that? Uh, he, I mean, if you watch him, you would never know he has a okay. right hand. He might as well play with it tied behind his, his back. I mean, never, I wasn't
1: being sarcastic. <laughs> I literally didn't know if he. there was like a Jim Abbott situation going on. Uh, no, no, I probably wouldn't have been so just like. So flipping about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> that probably would have been a little bad. Oh, he's got no hand. I mean, what do you want me to say? Um, but yeah, I mean, LaMelo Ball is an incredible playmaker, but he's an inefficient shooter and he has a crazy dad and that's a thing. Um, you know, James Wiseman is a really great rim running big. He doesn't have range at this point and he played four games in college. So we just, we didn't have a chance to really evaluate his strengths and weaknesses. I could go down the list of guys. There's just not a Zion. There's not a Morant. There's not a Simmons. Uh, there's not one of those guys Even Tatum who I love Tatum back in the, uh, when he was drafted. There's not one of those guys in this draft, so you are taking a bit of a gamble. Whoever you do get, and you just hope that it's the right guy.
1: Mitch, Mitch seems confident. The thing I hate about Lamelo is it's just it's almost impossible to give the kid a fair shake because where people are going to have the uh, the videos of him jacking up ungodly threes at at the you know as a ninth grader, and beyond that, I I think it's impossible to evaluate him because you can't answer the question of should we draft this guy. Without the real question on, is his father worth the potential pain in the ass situation that he brings to the table? I wouldn't draft him.
0: I, w- I mean, not, not if I had the number one pick. I mean, if you're talking down fourth, fifth, sixth picture, because his talent, it, I think, would, would justify it. But if I had the number one pick and I'm already dealing with a lot of unknowns with the other guys that I, I could draft... I'm not drafting a dude who I have. His dad's a complete loose cannon. Uh, the Lakers basically had to ship him out of had, uh, ship Lonzo out of town because they couldn't deal with his dad anymore, well, and LeBron didn't want to deal with
1: his dad. If if Lonzo was a better player, and he's a good player, if LeBronzo had lived up to the number two pick, the uh, number two LeBronzo. Billing, Lebronzo, yes. That's, uh, <laughs> <they know this. laughs> that's actually a portmanteau and it's a bean. It's a, I don't know if you guys have ever had a it's Lebronzo. Like aisle seven Lebronzo. Seven I thought it was theater. like a clown, like Bozo the Clown back <laughs> <laughs> in the day. Lebronzo!
2: No, Lavar is the do, clown.
1: Uh, but if if Lonzo had lived up to the number two billing for the number two pick, he'd still be in Los Angeles. And that's that's what I come to with LaMelo did is, he? Not, did he not? Though,
0: no. Lo, 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 I mean, look. Are there were there players in that draft who have turned out to be better? Sure, but L- Lonzo is a legit starting point guard in the NBA.
1: But when you think about a top three pick, you're thinking of foundational piece. I wouldn't call him a foundational piece. I mean, I would agree with you. Like, is he a guy you're going to give a hundred million to or is he going to be one no. of the three best players on a championship team? No.
0: All right, fine. I mean, if he, if he had turned out to be a superstar, of course they're not trading him, but, but it, with Lamelo, Lamelo's better than, I think Lamelo's slightly better than Lonzo. Slightly better. He's a better athlete. He's bigger. Um, same sort of flaws that neither of them can shoot. Uh, Lonzo certainly couldn't coming out of college, but I'm not, I'm not taking that kind of gamble okay. on a kid. When I worry about what the the collateral damage is going to be with a dad that is go, could create problems for this team, and I, I mean it's unfortunate because Lonzo's a good kid. Lonzo hasn't caused any trouble. Lamelo is a good kid. I don't care what happened on YouTube five years ago. He's he's a completely different player now. But I don't. I I would hate that for that kid. But I'm not touching that if
1: I'm Charlotte. I I guess my thing is because of the way this draft lines up. There's questions with every single, you know, Anthony Edwards, it's, you know, why wasn't Georgia better with you as a guy who was able to go out there and have your way most nights with with opposing teams? Like why with James Wiseman, it's seven career games in the NCAA. There's not a guy here that doesn't have a question. Here's the thing. Anthony Edwards might
0: answer that question. Like, there's a chance, like, he could answer that question and saw, okay, Anthony Edwards, he was just surrounded by a lack of talent. Uh, he was double teamed a lot. His shooting numbers were low. James Wiseman could answer the questions about, you know, whatever it is with him, shooting range or his ability to defend guards, all that stuff. Lavar Ball is not going anywhere. Like, we, we know what Lavar Ball is. So, the, the questions that surround the other guys, and look, LaMelo Ball may go number one. I'm not sitting here telling you he won't, but the questions around the other guys, they are in control of answering. Lamelo Ball is not in control of his dad.
1: You're a hundred percent right,
0: but Thank I you. feel I
1: feel like it's a I feel like passing on a guy because of his father, I think is something that if you end up if that's truly the reason, and again if it's he can't shoot or you don't think he can maximize his potential, those are all fair reasons. But if you say to yourself, I'm not touching that kid because of his father, I don't think that's I don't think that's how good organizations th- operate. Well, hang on, <laughs> if you thought he was the next. Damian
0: Lillard, and you passed on him because of his dad, you're, you're incompetent. But if you look at him and you say, all right, this guy shot 25% from three against adults in Lithuania, uh, this guy is, um, a lazy defender who does a terrible job at getting up into the guys on the ball. And he's a great fancy creator, but a lot of his points are hollow for his team. Oh, and by the way, his dad is a complete lunatic then you pass on the guy. Not we think we might have the next top 3 point guard in the game. We think he's going to be James Harden, then you put up with it. But if you don't think that, then yeah, the dad is a factor.
1: All right, and and let me be clear on that. I'm not saying that they should draft LaMelo Ball. I'm saying that they shouldn't not draft him because of LaVar Ball. That should be that should be somewhere in the periphery. It's something you know you have to deal with. It shouldn't be the reason they don't draft him. Uh, number one picks. What would what would having dueling number one picks, uh, the the Hornets obviously, which we'll find out tonight, and then the the Panthers uh, next April. What would that mean for the city of Charlotte, uh, a city that's lost Kemba and Cam within the last year? Here, uh, we'll continue on with that later in the show. But the rundown is next on Sports Radio FNZ. FNZ. Welcome back to Wilson and Parcell. A lot to get to still on the show. Paul Pierce is a knucklehead. That's coming up in 20 minutes. In the meantime, Panthers head coach Matt Rule. Meeting with the media again today. We are ensconced in training camp and was asked about the situation at punt returner. He had an interesting name and interesting thoughts of potentially Christian McCaffrey there.
0: Uh, yeah, Christian Christian goes back and he, he works on catching
1: punt uh, so does DJ, um, you know, I think uh, I think it depends on, you know, how, how good he is compared to the next guy, compared to the next guy. You know, if there's a significant upgrade by anyone, we would use them in the right situation. So um, it's, a, it's a little bit hard this year, you know, we really evaluate the returners not having, you know, not having the preseason games where you can really get the live bullets. You know, I think you guys saw us, um, you know, really working hard on the kickoff returns with some semi-live reps, you know. So we're trying to simul- simulate those things, and we think we've got something really good in, in Faro but uh, McCaffrey, DJ, anybody will use if it gives us an advantage. No. (laughs) No.
0: Stop that. Did you just
1: roll up a newspaper and hit Matt Rule over the nose? No.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I'm going to try not to freak out about this because there is 0% chance this actually happens. This this to me is Rule... Okay, he is putting them back there in practice, which is weird. All right, But... This is almost like Belichick yesterday being like, yeah, no, we might platoon. We might do anything. We might send our quarterback to Mars. Uh, You never know. I mean, if it helps us win. Here are are the guys, and I I could read you the whole list, but I'll just give you the top 10 punt returners from last season in the NFL. Deontay Harris, Kenyon Barner, Tariq Cohen, Richie James, Andre Roberts, Deontay Spencer, DeAnthony Thomas, Alex Erickson, D.D. Westbrook, and DeAndre Carter. If Christian McCaffrey was on that list, one of these things is not like the others. If DJ Moore is on that list, one of these things is not like the others. You do not put your prized skill position players or skill position players back to return punts. That is lunacy, and I cannot imagine that Matt Rule is actually considering doing that. Maybe as an emergency, if a guy goes down or something, but they will not be the punt returners this year. Matt Rule is smarter than that.
1: Matt, when you said that Christian McCaffrey was a weapon, we didn't think that meant punt returning. I'm sorry. I refused. But this is like the it's like the practice jerseys as well. When they had them in, in red number ones and people freaked the hell out. And I said, Matt Rule is not petty enough to do that. They, right? they got rid of the ones. Yeah, Because people overreacted mm. to something that mm. didn't matter. And by people, if, I mean Chris McClain, who's lovely if, in the morning. and one of our good friends.
0: It wasn't just Mac. It was a lot of people. If... Uh... I mean I mean I think it was Joe Person who asked him about it if it wasn't a thing then why
1: then why get rid of him because people made it or tried to make it a thing mm, but it wasn't a thing Stop so, stop but it wasn't the, a uh, thing stop. you're doing you're doing what Mac does I mean if it Mac wasn't does. a thing why would you you, you, you're, because kinda, very you're giving clearly clearly to the mob. They, because, yes, that's exactly what he was doing, was giving in to an unreasonable mob. Mm, and I understand. Again. But that mob now needs to be pounding on the gates of BOA B of A, to make sure that Christian McCaffrey isn't returning punts. If it happens, we riot. Matt, I, I refuse to believe Matt Rule is is dumb enough to do that on the regular. I think it's only going to happen. I think it's like bunting in baseball. You have to practice the skills so you know it if you need it, but he's probably not going to need it.
0: Number two. Trevor Bauer, Reds pitcher, announced yesterday that he would be – We didn't announce them. He wore Joe Kelly tribute shoes or showed off the shoes before the game. He was told to take them off uh, because the MLB said you cannot wear them or you would be fined or potentially suspended. He threw seven scoreless innings, earned his third win of the season Wednesday night, here is what trevor bauer had to say about his joe kelly themed shoes
2: mlb told us that you know, we had a, a new cleat policy this year where they were allowing us to put you know whatever we wanted on the on the cleats as long as it wasn't like offensive or political and uh apparently that's not uh, the truth apparently it's just well, they if, they, um, if they agree with it or not yeah. uh, so they threatened to eject me from the game and suspend me uh, if I wore them. So that was the deal. Um, I think they—I don't think they have grounds to, to do that. It certainly would be completely unprecedented for uh, I guess what would be considered a uniform violation by them, even though it's not really a violation given the rules this year. Uh, but I just didn't want to put my teammates in a situation like that. I did wear them pre-game, warming up and stuff like that. So they're authenticated. They'll still be available for, uh, for the rules that come on Twitter. But I guess in the future, I just want to announce them so that MLB can't uh, freak out about me following the rules. <laughs>
1: uh, one, here's the here's the kicker here. Uh, Trevor Bauer was going, because they're game-worn, was then going to auction them off as game-worn uh, sneakers, and then uh, he was going to give that money to whatever charity Joe Kelly wanted him to. Now... It's still still a value, but as they're not game worn, it is a little bit different. Pre-game worn. Uh, listen, there's a lot of rules in terms of game worn memor- memorabilia and the value of them. But I just want to thank I just want to thank baseball on this. I, I listen. Trevor Bauer almost had fun. Somebody in baseball almost had fun, and we stopped him. That didn't happen. Didn't happen in a game. Bleep! This clown show. I can't use the words because I've been asked not to, just goofballs in New York who think that this is something that needs to happen. So just so we're clear, Josh, if you cheat the game of baseball, you're not going to get any sort of punishment. If you wear sneakers uh, and and spikes about a player who uh, who was suspended in baseball for throwing at the cheaters then you're going to be potentially fined and maybe suspended yourself.
0: Yeah, Major League Baseball is trying to do everything they can to punish everyone in the league except for the team that cheated its way to a World Series championship. I don't understand it. Um, This is also where it gets into. Every league has had this uh, to some measure. I mean, the NFL has rules about cleats and socks and the height of socks. And they've always had this weird thing. The NBA has exposed blatant hypocrisy in its league over allowing players to wear select messages on their jerseys, but only the ones that we say you can wear, just like the MLB is now saying, well, you can only have certain messages on your uniform or on your cleats, but not this one because, you know, it's they didn't even really give a good reason. Uh, it's it's awful. It's, it's awful by Major League Baseball uh, that this would be a rule. And, yes, they're policing fun yet again, which is something that virtually every sport wants to do these days. Number three.
1: Rick Kamlov, NBA TV and Sirius XM NBA, spoke with us in the second hour of today's show and discussed who he thinks Luka Doncic is in the NBA.
2: He is, to me, the comparisons
0: are LeBron James and Magic Johnson. Okay, both of those guys are on my Mount Rushmore. LeBron is three and Magic is four. And, and he favorably compares to both of those players. He more compares to me to Magic Johnson. He's a little bit more of a grounded player, plays with more of a smile and more of a flair. And there are a lot of other similarities as well that I won't bog you down with. But to me, Luca is not the second coming of Bird. He's the second coming of Magic or the third coming or, or, or what what have you. Um, And so, yes, I I think, guys, I will promise you right now, Luka Doncic will be an MVP in this league at least once, probably multiple times. And I think he will be a champion in this league at least once. And uh, here we go with these words again, uh, probably (laughs) multiple times. He's right. He's right. That's the ceiling for Luka Doncic. The ceiling for Luka Doncic is a player who could go down as one of the five, I think even three best players who has ever played the game and I loved what Rick said about how he is this generation's version of Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson played in an era where the game was up and down, at least the Lakers game was up and down, but they didn't There were no three-pointers at the beginning of his career. Magic wasn't known as a shooter. Luka has the same sort of gifts as a passer and as a floor general that Magic had. The ability to see passes two steps ahead. The ability to make passes that nobody else would even be willing to make. That's a LeBron trait. That's a Magic trait. That's a Steve Nash had that. Jason Kidd. There's guys who have that trait. Luka has that. Then you add in Luka's creativity off the dribble as a scorer. Luka Doncic, you know, we could talk about pace in the NBA today versus pace back in Magic Johnson's era. If you account for pace per 100 possessions, Luka in his second year in the league is averaging 42 points, 14 rebounds and 13 assists per 100 possessions. 42, 14 and 13. Magic, 27, 11 and 11 in his second year in the NBA. Luka right now at 21 years old, which is Magic Johnson's age in his second year in the league. Luka's ahead of where Magic was. And now Magic ended up having an iconic moment in the NBA Finals in 1980, and everybody remembers that. But we look at the full body of work. Luka Doncic is as good right now as any player who has ever been in the NBA at this age. And I do think that he could be the Magic Johnson of this generation. And I don't know if they beat the Clippers or not, but the future is incredibly bright for Dallas because of Luka Doncic.
1: He also happens to be just one of the most fun, watchable athletes as well. Like Magic. Um, And he has... That personality is going to go a long way for the game. I know we've talked a lot. You and I have talked, had some different conversations about, you know, Euros being the face of the NBA and the the, the language barrier and, and how that might hurt some guys. I don't think that's hurting Luka. And not just because he speaks pretty damn good English, but, I mean, he is just – the the guy is, is a joy to watch and he's got a personality that very few NBA players have. You talk about watchability of these young guys – you, you, you have a, a decade of Zion and Luca, and they are—they're going to be the guys. I think Jason Tatum has it in him. He's just more of a reserved guy, but in terms of watchability, from personality and just overall skill or talent, those two guys are so much fun to watch. The NBA is in such great hands going forward. That number is, four. That is the rundown here You'll on Wilson know. and Parcel. That's called a tease, except we're not going to pay it off. You'll never hear (laughs) the fourth piece of sound that we had set aside. Uh, But no, text this hour courtesy of the Building Center, tweets this hour courtesy of Diamonds Direct. Uh, We've got a lot to get into to come in the 6 o'clock hour. I am a LeBron stan. I can admit that. I can divorce myself from being a LeBron stan and still say objectively, Paul Pierce is drinking Haterade, Sports Radio FNZ.